0: get clear of exactly the type of things that you want in your life or don't want and pursue the things that you want and let go of the things that you don't want with intentionality. Hello
1: and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and our guest today is awesome. He's definitely a kindred spirit. His name is Mike Abramowitz. He has 20 years of direct sales experience, training 5,000 plus sales reps, with $17 million in sales, he has nine books in the self-help space, and he founded pb for Tampa Bay. He has scaled numerous six-figure businesses and a nonprofit to be run without him so he can experience the time freedom that he desires. He's a busy father and husband who helps other busy entrepreneurs implement systems in their businesses by leveraging automation and delegation. To help the business operators become business owners and truly experience a financial and time freedom that drew them to entrepreneurship in the first place. He also has a podcast called The Better Than Rich Show and a community called Automate, Delegate, and Systematize. Mike, I'm so excited for this, this conversation. Welcome to The Daily Helping. It's awesome to have you here with
0: us today. Dr. Richard, it's my pleasure. Thanks for uh, Thanks for having me. I'm excited to serve in any way I possibly can. I'm grateful for that. I I know that you're going to be a
1: great help to everybody listening to this today. So what I love to do, let's start this way. I love to hop in the time machine and go back and really explore what put people on the path they're on today. So what was the spark? What was the thing that moved
0: you into this space where you are today? So my origin started in New Jersey, youngest of eight. And I watched my dad uh, growing up own a plumbing business. So he worked a lot and he missed a lot of basketball games, but he was overly ambitious. And if he didn't work as hard as he he did, there's no way that myself, my siblings would be able to have like the house and, you know, live in our neighborhood and do all the things we did. So I loved his ambition, but I wish he was around a little bit more. Uh, So I left New Jersey, went to college at USF. On one path, studying industrial engineering, got my industrial engineering degree. But I started selling Cutco kitchen knives when I was in college, and that entered my whole world of direct sales, of being a business owner, um, being in, uh, understanding sales, understanding business, understanding running a company that's uh, also offers a little bit of time freedom, potentially different than my dad, but. It wasn't the case, actually. In fact, uh, Cutco, I was there for 20 years. Um, but uh, during that season of my 20s, after I got my degree, I um, I ran my Cutco office like my dad ran his business. So I was grinding, working six, seven days a week, working really hard uh, until I went to a Tony Robbins event. And at the Tony Robbins event was my first time where I really saw the possibility of time freedom um circa 2012 2013 i was having these conversations with p- these people about like authors and traveling and speaking i was like that's the lifestyle that's what i want so that's that's where i left that event walked across fire said my mess is my message and uh created books started speaking and then from there I had this whole brand built, I had the lifestyle built, but then my relationship at the time suffered, Uh, a seven-year relationship ended, my health started declining a little bit, Uh, and I was like, there's no way that this is sustainable, running my direct sales office, being a speaker and an author and all these things. So um, I hired a business coach, and that business coach was in corporate and taught me how to corporatize my small business. And that's where I started learning how to buy back my time building out systems using offshore staff for delegation, how to delegate the local charity that we started, the nonprofit PB&J for Tampa Bay, how to start getting this time freedom. And it was uh, pretty amazing to see what, what is possible with intentionality. So then obviously, I can continue to prison day, but that's a lot of the origin of what has led me to do what I do, which is to help busy, overwhelmed entrepreneurs buy back their time? Because, on the other end of helping me buy back my time, uh, the ultimate test was I was I built these systems in my business. My wife and I had our uh, son. I was just telling you before we clicked record uh, on December thirty first, New Year's Eve, twenty twenty, and um, when he went into the hospital, he was born at one pound four ounces. We were in the NICU with him for eight and a half months, but my business was able to run without me and still produce over a quarter million in revenue and six figures in profits without me there because of the infrastructure that I built in direct sales. So when we got out of the hospital in um, September 10th, 2021, I reached out to my coach and said, hey, do you think we can partner up and teach other people how to do what you taught me? And that's the birthplace of what I'm doing now and what I've been doing since uh, since. Really, the end of 2021, which is teaching busy entrepreneurs on how to use systems and automation and delegation in their business to buy back their time. So that way, if an emergency happened, like what happened with me, the machine of the business can still function and run without me there. And um, you know, JFT said best best time to work on the roof is when the sun is shining. So if I waited for the circumstance, I would have been screwed. So that's the very long origin story, but we could go in any direction. Uh, of any of those pieces that that feel relevant to your audience. Well,
1: I we were talking a little bit before, and I'm glad your son is okay. I I know as uh, a parent who has goes through something similar. I did. Um, it, it is scary. So, but again, you know, you had these systems in place. So let me let me. I want to do kind of a pre and post here. So before you have these systems in
0: place, how many hours would you say you were putting in in a given week? I mean, it was a nonstop. Like I, I, I the people say nine to five. It was more like a twenty four seven. I mean, I was on call because the way my business was set up, it was we were recruiting a lot of college kids. So I recruited over five thousand students, and not only would I get the recruits, you know, constantly hit me up, but then the active sales representatives would be hitting me up, and then I would also have my own customers. So I sold Cuckoo to over a thousand people, and they would be hitting me up. So I would have. Three different audiences, new recruits, current sales reps, and customers hitting my phone up. And I was the bottleneck to all three of those parties. So it was impossible. Like I thought it was impossible to escape that. But until (laughs) uh, I put in some boundaries and we could talk about that, but the question is like, what was life like? Constant reaction mode. And on top of that, I didn't quite know how to create separation between myself and their problems. So anytime they had a problem, I allowed that to become my problem too. Uh, so if a sales rep was like, Oh, I'm having trouble at home, it's like, oh my God, tell me what's going on. Like I would take the burden of what's happening in their personal life on them. A customer's complaining, you know, they they didn't get their order in time. It's like that's supposed to be customer service corporate, but I would do my best to support. So it's like I was always trying to please every single person that contacted me as well. Which was extremely draining. So of course it would had take a toll on my my relationship with my significant other. Of course it took a toll on on uh you know non healthy heat eating habits. So, um, yeah it was it was a grind. It was a grind. It was hard. And also Dr. Richard, this backstory that I didn't hit on. I invested in real estate when I was twenty. So I bought my first house when I was twenty. And then mom passed when I was twenty as well, so I used her life insurance money to buy a second home. So I had three houses by the time I graduated from college, and that was uh, two thousand eight. So if you think if you do the math, then the market collapse, I lost the properties, I lost one hundred and thirty thousand dollars, and I also was uh, down to a four hundred credit score on top of grinding nonstop. So the emotional stress of the finances, the the managing of the properties, trying to overcome that. The 20s, I call it the Valley of My 20s, man. It was it was a beast. Uh, a lot of learning that took place during that decade for Michael Brahmowitz. Well, I,
1: you know, I, I hear that, and it's very similar. What a lot of entrepreneurs tell me that you know they, it's these mistakes they make in their 20s, and you know, it for a lot of people it can be derailing, but they can also be, in the end, the best lessons that anybody can ever take from that. So I, I want to fill in the gaps in a minute, but today, on average, how many hours are you
0: putting in in a week? Uh, it, it depends on the week, but my schedule set up where Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, my schedule is usually like a, like a nine to three or nine to four, and then Friday is like a nine to two. So, and then Monday's personal day evenings are with my family Saturday. I usually in the past, we just had a newborn on December 4th. So four weeks ago. Um, so but previously I give my wife a personal day on Saturday and I hang out and have a daddy day with my son. And then, uh, Sunday is always family day. So that's what we've done for, for pretty much a couple of years. Uh, but now with our newborn, it's kind of fluctuating a little bit, but we, I've, I've very much created those boundaries in the schedule where, um, Anybody who wants to get my attention, they could only get my, I only give them my attention during those times. And then if I wanted to, I give attention outside of those boundaries, but it's it's pretty firm, like a, like a nine to three, nine to four, Tuesday, Thursday, to Thursday and then a, a nine to two on Friday. So I, I want to spend a little more time with boundaries and we'll get
1: into your systems and the delegation piece in a bit. But for so many people, that's difficult. Having the boundaries with their customers, with their employees, because they think, and rightfully so, that a good boss or a good vendor gives amazing customer service, right? So you're, you you want to make your clients feel heard. You want to make your employees feel heard. Or you know, just as a parent, you want to make your family feel heard. So talk to us about if if you're listening to this, if someone's listening to this and like, I don't know how I would ever set up these boundaries, um, how did you do it and give some, some good tips there?
0: It was definitely a ramp. So Dr. Richard, it wasn't like overnight. I'm just going to like neglect every relationship of my life and just go there. So it started as a ramp where the Monday personal day was the first one. I was like, I needed to make sure that I have time for Mike because I was so um, drained through, because I'll say this in the most loving way possible. I am on in business and I'm also on as a husband and I'm on as a father. So I want to be off sometime. And I need that off where I don't have to have that responsibility. And that started with a half a day on Monday. I was like, I just need a couple hours. Those couple hours would be a massage, a couple hours of golf, a couple hours of I have stillness a couple hours to take a nap, a couple, just go for a walk, be lost in nature, go to the library, read, like whatever I could do. There was one time, Dr. Richard, I brought a lawn chair and I just put it in my trunk and I was like, let me just see where I go. I went to Olive Garden, had all you can eat soup and salad, and I went to a, a tree in a park and I just sat in the tree and watched ducks for hours. I mean, we're talking like that's the type of space that sometimes I needed uh, for myself. So, making sure Mondays was protected was, was the first. Uh, And, and then from there, it kind of grew into, I also went the evenings. And then the answer to the question though, is how did I, how did I get to the place where I created boundaries? I think the big awareness happened where any time an emergency took place, I knew I could make time for the emergency if a doctor if a doctor needed to schedule our son or um, my wife needed to go to something or if I wanted to plan a vacation anytime I needed to make adjustments to my schedule I did what did I do I communicated that to everyone in my staff I communicated that to my email list I let I put an away message up on my whatsapp and now slack. I communicated like, hey, I'm not going to be available during this time frame. So if you need me, get in touch with me before or after this blank time frame. So it's like, can I just do that all the time? Like, why do I have to do that only when I go on a vacation or only when, uh, you know, I'm not available for an appointment or something like that? Uh, So that's those were kind of like the beginning stages where putting those boundaries in place of making sure I had a communication set up ahead of time, making sure I had some people in place around me. Uh, That's where right now, I mean, I have a team. uh, There's probably 12 virtual assistants right now that are acting as Mike Abramowitz at the moment um, that are like my gatekeepers that are supporting me and getting things done for me as me, just not by me. Um, I have a nanny right now that's, that's upstairs with my son. So she's like acting as me right now, but it's not by me. Like there's so, but, but these type of boundaries happen first. And then it was a who question who can be me when I am not there. And that, that's kind of where the transition into delegation comes into play, how to properly delegate me. And that's why I love Dan Martel's book, Buy Back Your Time. That's been a, a great resource. He pretty much contextualizes everything that I was doing for the last five to six years. Uh, he, he put into a book. It's an unbelievable playbook, Buy Back Your Time by Dan Martel. Highly recommend it.
1: Hey, guys, Dr. Richard here. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. So I want to take this then the next step here, right? is you and you're kind of teasing the breadcrumbs, so you're making this so easy and fun. You moved into you you were able to establish these healthy boundaries and then you shifted into how do I basically clone myself without actually cloning myself? So talk to us a little bit more about delegation. You mentioned VAs. That scares a lot of people because for many people, they don't know what they're getting. They're scared they're going to say the wrong things or do the act the wrong way. So talk to us about delegation. Then I want to know how you were able to use VAs to really be your voice when it's not you.
0: Yeah, uh, it's a it's a great question because I struggled with this too. And in, in fact, I didn't hire my first technical offshore virtual assistant until 2020. Um, my coach was telling me about how beneficial it would be. I'm like, there's no way uh, that I, this can happen. So there was this control thing. But I delegated to a lot of my staff. These 18 to 22 year olds were running my Cutco office for me for years. So I was like, oh, okay, I could delegate them, promote from within. But the big shift that took place for me was. If I can simplify what I do, then I can teach it to somebody else to do it for less, like McDonaldify my business and McDonaldify what I do in my life. So The Founders, a really great movie that was a, a piece of that inspiration where it's like, if I can so easily dumb down what Mike does in a, with a playbook or a video of me doing it, that's essentially what I did. And I just got, I mean, pen and paper, flow charts, if thens. So, like, uh, if, if, so it was very much like this, Dr. Richard. If a, a sales representative needed to get a question answered, then, hmm, how can I make sure that they don't ask me that question? Hmm. Huh. Let me create a video library of frequently asked questions that 80% of the time, these are the questions I get. So that way they could go to the FAQ library first, see if their question's there. Then if the question's not there, can I put somebody else in place that they could reach out to first to see if that person can answer their questions and that person could be trained on uh, by me on those 80% as well. So if they need a human, and then if that doesn't work, then that human will reach out to me. And ask me, hey, I didn't know the library to answer this question. I didn't know the answer to this question. And then when I would teach that human the question, I would then say, document it and add it to the frequently asked questions. So now it's 82% of the time. And that's essentially what we did as this example. So I would try to get 80% of the way there for most uh, most parts of my business and most parts of my life. And Dan Martell says 80% done by someone else is 100% awesome. So how did I let go of control? It wasn't just like, here, take it all. I started letting go of control of the lowest value activities that I thought somebody else could do. And how can you, as a listener, really get into your mind if somebody else can do it? Go to Indeed.com and see what qualities and character traits and skills are out there in the marketplace. And you will see a range of jobs from like $18 an hour to $35 an hour and then if you're an entrepreneur that makes $100 an hour as an example well your time is worth $100 an hour and then somebody else can do these tasks at 18 to 25 or $30 an hour well i need to spend my time and control the high value activities and i need to let go of control for the low value activities and that would be a, that was a big paradigm shift for me um and then finding the right people and then putting systems in place for onboarding those who's, attracting those who's, training those who's, and then retaining those who's. Um, and that's, that's, I mean, that's the fun part of operational side of business, but that's what tr- allowed me to go from a solopreneur doing everything to an owner having some people around me. And, and again, that staff, most of the people that are acting for me as me are offshore, but you know, they're trained. They're trained on how to be me. And then that goes into the next part of the question where I could talk about that. But I don't I know want I you want to to at ta- least come yes. up first. Yeah. No, I, I want you to talk about that next piece because I think it's important. So, so coming back to how these individuals, so I started thinking about what are the things that bother me and drain my energy. That was the place to start. What drained my energy was social media. That was the first thing. And the big epiphany, eff- Dr. Richard, actually happened was when my wife asked me, what takes you so long in the bathroom? I don't know if your wife ever asked you that. Um, she's like, what takes you so long in the bathroom? And me, I was like, I'm scrolling. Like I had my like routine. I would go to Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, my WhatsApp and my email. And I would just go through a clear of my inboxes while I'm in the bathroom. And just sometimes I'll get caught in the trap of scrolling and it would just be an extended stay. Let's call it. What What was the so what for me is like, if I'm that distracted while I'm just in the bathroom for 20 or 30 minutes, I know it's long for a guy. How, where else am I distracted? Where else am I doing this mindless scrolling? Where else am I going to all these apps? So then I started thinking, how can I have somebody else in those inboxes that's not me? So I was like, okay, how can I get my email offloaded? What is the system behind that? So filtering the inbox, my my VA, my inbox manager for my email, takes screenshots of any emails that he thinks needs my attention and sends me those screenshots on Slack. And then once a day, I go into Slack. So I don't have to go into my email and get distracted there. I just go into Slack and see the two to five emails that actually need my attention to avoid the 82,000 emails that were unread. Uh, He obviously cleared out my inbox. Same thing on Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram. He go, I have a VA specific in those inboxes. And if somebody needs my attention, they'll take a screenshot, send a screenshot to Slack and say, Hey, you might want to see this again. How many actually need my attention? Not many. Because they're trained on my tone using AI. This is a beautiful thing over the last 12 to 15 months with with AI. My tone and writing style is inside of ChatGPT and inside of AI. So my, my VAs that are managing my email and my inbox just go to my tone and my writing style and say, how would Mike respond to this in his tone? They will respond as me if somebody asks a question or somebody needs something or has an inquiry about something that doesn't have to be me, but it's my voice. It's my tone. It's my writing style. But another human is clicking those buttons. So it's not a bot. It's just a lower wage worker that's using AI to act as me for managing inbox. Same thing with like some uh, other parts of social media that are really important. Posting content, repurposing my podcast. The first time we launched a podcast, I was like, this sucks taking all these video editing and chopping it up, putting into reels, captions, hashtags, all this. So we started looking seeing like, how, what is a service for someone else to do all this stuff? And it was expensive. I'm like, I don't make money off my podcast. This is just for fun. It's like, man. Um. Well, we figured out how to simplify it, use AI, have our power team do that. So we started doing all these things, Dr. Richard, and then that turned into a service that we now provide to, uh, we have a, a community of students that we teach how to do this. But now we have a service of providing a team of virtual assistants that are powered by AI to help them offload these things. And that was a birthplace of one of our services. We have 65 clients that use those same virtual assistants that I use. We have a full team of like 30 or 35 assistants that do this work for our students and for our clients, Uh, everything from admin to inbox to social media to podcast production to even some voice work. I mean it's wild what's possible when someone just starts thinking differently and just letting go of control. It's it's fascinating.
1: The The AI stuff in particular is really interesting to me. So you said that you were able to, through ChatGPT, capture your tone. So did you come up with a set of Mike Abramowitz prompts to, to say, ChatGPT, I want you to be energetic and, you know, X, Y, Z. Was that your kind of strategy? And then everything they write, they use that those prompts?
0: <clears throat> the, the secret sauce is this. I have a lot of content that I've put out. I have a blog. I have nine books. I have tons of long form posts, long emails I've written. So I have a ton of writing. And then all of my videos have transcriptions. So we could take all of these um, words that Mike has said Put it into the AI and say, describe this tone and writing style. Go back and forth with a full description as long as possible. What else? What else? What else? That is my that is how Mike sounds. That's how Mike writes. That's his style. Boom. We capture that for myself. They do that for all of our clients. So the same thing. And that way, anytime we want to respond to someone, it's using AI, but it's Using the human's tone and the human's writing style, and this is this has been a game changer. Now, Dr. Richard, I understand this is only in the last 15 months, and it's only going to continue to evolve and get better. Uh, but the process to get there is the part that I want to make sure that that listeners understand. The tool is like having a shovel, but if you don't know how to dig. It's not going to be that helpful. So, understanding and thinking differently, letting go of the control of the low value task, but also questioning how can I, how might I simplify what I do? How might I use a camcorder method like Dr. Dr. uh, or like uh, Dan Martell talks about, record myself doing it, turning that into a playbook or an SOP so it's simple for someone else to follow? How can I, like you said, clone myself? but i got to simplify what i'm doing in order to clone myself and it takes it requires a little bit of intentional thinking so i would invite the the entrepreneur or anybody listening if you want to buy back your time highly recommend that personal time that personal time that's why that monday to protect me was for me to get into a creative space to allow creativity to exist so that way when i get back into working on the business I actually have the energetic capacity to be creative to build some of those those systems and redesign uh, some things. That 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 would be if there's any takeaway from this, it's not the AI. It's the reimagining how things could be possible in your business by creating those boundaries and have the space to rework uh, your current business model. The the systems are the one
1: piece we really haven't talked about in depth. So take us through what you implemented and how you did that now you've bought back some time you've got some va's you've trained them they're doing their thing talk to
0: us about the systems i mean you, you have to understand that's a loaded question because there's probably a hundred systems without exaggeration so would you want me to dig you know is it a sales and operations marketing uh is it uh you know what is it, if you wanted to get just like what let's do, where it, do let's you just that? let's say operations let's make it easy Okay. So, he, so operations. So what I'm going to go with, um. can I go with, I could go hiring a new talent in operations or retaining a new talent or retaining a talent, like, which again, there's operations has like, I could attract, I could hire, I could onboard, I could train, I could retain. There's like different segments of it. Every one of those have different systems. I just want to be cognizant of time because I know like this right. is a four hour episode. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's do retention
1: because I think you know, a, a lot of people understand their business and have good ideas about what kind of person they want in there. But let's talk about keeping those good people once we find them.
0: Perfect. So a system for retention would fall under this uh, under this curriculum that I've done in the past. Number one would be um, having my KPI, the data points, I would need to know what are the most important needle movers of my business. So virtual assistant, get these data points for me. Okay? Okay. Then once I have those data points I analyze those data points first before I bring them to our meeting the system is what is the what is the meeting structure of of a conversation so we use start stop and keep they fill out a form what am I going to start stop doing what am I going to stop doing and keep doing at the end of every meeting so when we start the next meeting we review what was your start stop and keep from last week give us an update how did these go then that's the cadence then I look at the report, I show them the data of the needle movers that are most important for them, showing them praise publicly, by the way. So praise publicly is a, is a part of the system, and then set up one-on-ones to reprimand in private if any of them are, are lower than than the, the desired standards. I review those standards in that meeting, and then we do another start, stop, and keep. So the system of retention for this example would be the meeting cadence Of how to communicate with your staff, publicly praise, data-driven decision-making, start, stop, and keep to empower them to feel like they're making their choices. And then the back end of that is the accountability where I I set up the one-on-ones, kind of like a one-minute manager approach with one-minute praising publicly. The one-minute reprimand happens privately. And then if we have one-minute goal setting to set those goals to make sure that they're hitting those standards, that also can happen publicly if we want. We capture it on the sheet, on the form that captures all the information, simple Google form and a Google sheet is all I did for this for years. And, um, I had a, I had a same staff for, again, these are college kids in a lot of cases, but um, some of them were with me for three years, four years, five years uh, all through college, uh, fully retained. Some of them have developed working with us. Uh, I have my same head virtual assistant since 2020. so it's right now it's 2024. So where um, I mean the retention is pretty powerful when you can have like a cadence and a system of communication for uh, for these individuals. Again, it's not sexy. It's not fancy, but it's predictable. And what was nice about it is it was so predictable that eventually I was able to remove myself, and somebody else was able to run this flow. So therefore, I could remove myself from those meetings, which I eventually did. That's fantastic,
1: and like you said, it's not a four-hour show. I kind of wish it was in this instance because I feel like we've only scratched the surface. But as you know, Mike, I love to wrap up every episode by asking my guest a single question. That is. What is your biggest help in that one most important piece of information you'd love for somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today?
0: I would say get clear of exactly the type of things that you want in your life or don't want and pursue the things that you want and let go of the things that you don't want with intentionality. And if there's any way that we could support with our team with Better Than Rich to support with that, I would love to uh, do. Uh, I would do a free delegation plan with any of your listeners if they want to reach out. I, I would do a 90 day delegation plan of how to get how to let go uh, of anything it is that they want to let go of and get off their plate. Uh, it's uh, it's something that we love doing for anybody that would would enjoy having that conversation. By the way,
1: I love that, and I I will definitely. Highlight that in the show notes at the thedailyhelping.com. But tell us where people can find out more about you.
0: Uh, and I appreciate that, Doctor Richard. Uh, if they um, if they went to uh, va like virtualassistant dot dot com, um, that kind of gives an overview of our virtual assistant services. That's a lot of what we hit on today. Uh, because on that site, there's a link to book that 90 uh, day delegation plan. Uh, so if, uh, they went on that site, they could learn a little bit about more about our story, the access to our podcast, but va.betterthanrich.com, um, they could schedule a consultation right there on that, on that, um, on that, on that link. And I'd love to have that conversation with them myself or someone from our team. Perfect. And uh, we will have that and everything, Mike
1: Brown, linked again in the show notes at drrichardschuster.com. Well, Mike, I loved our conversation. Uh, the time went too quickly. Uh, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your wisdom with everybody. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And I want to thank each and every one of you who took time out of your day to listen to our conversation. If you liked it, if you're inspired, if you're going to book that free consultation, go give us a follow and a five-star review on your podcast app of choice because that is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are, and post in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others.